Welcome in everybody to SEC Football and Beyond. Chris Landry with Neil McCready here for this Tuesday. Is it Tuesday yet? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, April 27th. It must be Tuesday if it's SEC Football and Beyond. The days it is are running, Tuesday. <laughs> running again to one another. It's a uh, it's a big week. Obviously, it's NFL Draft Week. With a lot's going on in uh, sports. We we um, we call it SEC Football and Beyond because we talk SEC football, but we talk a lot of beyond stuff too. Neil, how goes it with you? Chris, it's good. It's Tuesday, spring football in the books. So uh, my schedule starts to finally a little slow down. Had a had a Zoom call with Kermit Davis yesterday. The media did. So I'm going to write basketball today on April the 27th, which is always an interesting endeavor because I just don't know how many of the people who subscribe to my site are really glued into college basketball on April the 27th. But we'll write some college basketball today. Um, I know you're uh, you're on fumes getting ready for the draft. I've got I'm curious about a handful of draft things myself. But uh, you know, I, I keep thinking back to this time last year when there were so many questions about what anything was going to look like. There were no sports, and I remember last year just going, "Put your nose down and work. Put your nose down and work." And I can I can already tell that this summer I'm I'm not going to have the exact same work ethic, which is probably <laughs> a good thing because I about worked myself sick last summer. Yeah, it's um, you know, I know everybody's still dealing with issues and things, but there's at least um a sign of uh going on. I haven't <laughs> got another call yesterday from my sister. I bless her, she doesn't quite understand what draft week's about, you know. It's like, you know, but you know, did you get your shot yet? No, no sir, I hadn't got it yet. You know, I'm going to I'm going to in fact I did spend 2 minutes calling. I'm going to go see my doctor next week and See what you know. I, I guess I saw somewhere where Louisiana is one of the least states where the I guess least the least states. vaccinated states, and I'm part of the reason why. I think I'm probably I'm the only one that's unvaccinated because of the draft because <laughs> I don't have time. I think I'm the only one in that list. But anyway, that's True. part of my deal, and I I think I told you and I told the audience my brother my brother got it. Well, my sister got it, and they got the. Pfizer won, and we're fine. They're, they're, she's a little bit older. My, my brother's three years younger than her. They're both older than me. He got the Moderna one, and he's still complaining about it. I think it's been about a month. <laughs> I think it's been about three weeks. But he was down for so I'm like, I said, I am not. And I've had a few other people. I know you had a little bit of an issue. I, I, just, I just cannot. I don't have time, and I certainly don't have time to have a half a day where I've got, like, flu symptoms or whatever. So I'll see probably in the next week or so I'll probably be down, and it'll cut into some other stuff. But, you know, my, my thing, obviously, is get through the draft. And then, of course, you know, Neil, you mentioned spring, and I certainly monitor spring and watch spring. We have a lot of stuff on LandryFootball.com about spring practices and recruiting and whatnot. But for me, after I get done with the draft, I spend so much time on looking at spring practice tape and then looking at spring games, and I like to look at it from start to finish and really start to begin to do the previews and the breakdowns of all the teams. So. I'm excited to get into that, and we'll bring a lot of that here in this show. But not just the SEC, but I do the whole country. And that's uh, as well as kind of recap the rosters in the NFL once we get the draft behind us. So May, June, and July are busy leading into the season, but there's no question that things are going uh, really hectic. Uh, On the draft, 
man, it is, I've said this before, I don't mean to be repetitive, but it is a pain in the ass with the medicals this year. That is, stuff is still strict, uh, trickling in. People are, people are really, you know, I mean, it's just not the same without the combine. And so it's just be change, aware. Yeah. Change some draft night stuff. Yeah. It's just, just be aware of that. And we'll, we're going to, I'm going to, uh, for many of you know, on these channels here, be doing, um, uh, most of these channels here on, on, on mine, will be doing the draft show. It's going to affect it. It's going to affect certain guys and it, it's going to be a, you know, big factor. Look, if, if it's if it's close, and you've got two guys with equal grades, you're you're going with a guy that you're a little bit more comfortable with with medical information. But it's a big issue. It's a bigger issue than any time I can remember. The first draft I was ever involved in was doing part time work for Blesto in 1982. This is the this is the most chaotic it's been since we formed the combine. Um. Because of the fact that, yeah, you know, we say, well, did, didn't you have a, a deal? A couple, of, yeah, we had, we had 150 players at, at at Indy and doing stuff. It's not what we normally get. It's later than normal. It's a little bit more hodgepodge, and so it's like any decision. The doctors are having to make decisions, and I'm going to tell you, those those guys are not. You've been a doctor, you know. You know, well, you know, what do you think? Well, it could be. Well, you know, they don't really like to they, – they ride the fence as good as anybody. But we ask our doctors and our trainers to say, okay, let's, you know, shoot it to me. Let's, you know, enough of the BS. Let's just go. It's tough for them right now with, with limited information. They're guessing right now on a lot of stuff. Yeah, I've heard some people say that, that the information that was gleaned in Indianapolis – from the 150 guys that were there was somewhat insufficient. It was not as detailed as what they would want. And there was a lot of frustration in front offices around the league. Yeah, it is. So look, everybody's having to deal with it, but uh, it's something you really, you know, concern yourself about. Um, it's, it's going to be real interesting. Um, the, the, the lady, the, the, the focus is a lot of okay, what's going to happen at three, and what's going to happen at four with the Niners in Atlanta? But I got to tell you, I think one of the real big storylines of this draft is going to be players, you know, thirty-five to seventy-five. A lot of good players. There's going to, I mean, there are players that are sixteen on some teams' boards that are sixty on a sixty-three on somebody else's board. You're going to have a. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of quality players. A lot of lot of talk about, uh, and at least initially the quarterbacks and which two may drop a little bit and who's coming up and people are doing their due diligence and trying to call in. And that's what's going on mostly this week is right now. It's the trying to gather of information of where certain guys may be, may not be where, where do you think we need to go in the range to get these guys to, to be comfortable. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, people say, well, how do you, how do you deal with this? And how do you do deals on the clock? Well, you, you, you make a lot of these calls now and say, you know, so you pick up the phone and, and you, and you call, you, you start with Atlanta and, you know, Cincinnati, and you just go down the line, go everybody. And you talk about things like, um, look, I mean, how, how, how's it, you know, a little small talk near, you know, how do you, how do you feel good about, you know, your guy there, whatever, you know, you're not going to tell you who they got. Yeah. You know, we feel pretty good. Well, look, we are potentially interested in moving up. You, if you, 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 
yeah, you know, we probably are in good shape. We kind of like what we think we're going to get there. But you never know, you know. But Or you might get, you know, like Carolina that, you know, we, we, we really would. It really depends. If our guy's not there, we're really looking to move out. So give us a call. We'll call you. But then you come out of it, Neil, after you've surveyed the 31 other teams. You have a really good feel for, you know, where you need to go and where you not need waste time. All right, let's get to a lot of different things. So, Grind's got an Auburn question. Grind, if you don't mind, yeah. I'm going to hold off on the Auburn philosophy question for a minute because I want, I want to get into the draft real quick. We'll come back to that. He says Mac Jones getting drafted over Justin Fields is a catastrophic mistake. So, look, Chris, I'm, I've, I've always said this. I'm never going to pretend to have more NFL sources than you because I very clearly don't. But I have talked to a handful of NFL people over the course of the last 48 hours or so, just out of curiosity. They know I'm not writing about it. They know I'm talking about it, but not much. And they're all, to a man, absolutely convinced Matt Jones is going third overall to the San Francisco 49ers. I, I don't hear, I know there's a lot of media talk about this, but they say the first three picks of this draft are done. Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville. Zach Wilson to the Jets, Mac Jones to the 49ers. Do you agree? Well, Kyle, there's this talk about, you know, that the Niners are still discussing it. Yeah, you know, there's discussion. Kyle Shanahan's making the call. That's his decision. Uh, Not only is he the top football guy there, because he hired the GM, and GM basically works under him, and, you know, that's the owner would – make any decision on firing a coach or what have you. But and Kyle's also the play call and the quarterback coach. So he is clearly the guy making this decision. Um, he knows what he wants to do. Um, I don't think they care. People say, well, why wouldn't you say it? Well, my answer is, why would you? Why do you want to? I, I, there is a couple of things. One, <laughs> this just rankles me a little bit, but but it's just – it's reality – it's become a lot of a TV show. We already kind of know who's one and two. I, sure. I think the league would like to have a little drama, you know, on, you know, it's kind of like, you know, people are going to be frustrated. Well, why does it take so long to hand in the Trevor Lawrence card? Cause they want to give TV time to run a six minute Packer feature on Trevor Lawrence and have him with, you know, his flowing hair and all. Yeah, that's just, it's TV production. So sure, get that. I mean, I don't like that. That's why it's the damn thing. It's why I'm going to be doing an eight-hour show when I could probably be doing it four hours. Um, Yeah, I, look, here's the thing. Kyle has got a decision to make. He's made a decision, and he's going to announce it to the world. Here's what people don't understand. And and first of all, I, I love grind, but you, you – you don't know who's going to be a catastrophic mistake or not. I mean, people that do this, that are trained to do this, things work or don't work based upon a lot of factors. Um, you know, you may not like a guy or like a guy, depending on where he plays or what he is. The, the draft is about understanding how a guy fits or doesn't fit. As I've said before, what make, makes Mac Jones a fit for Kyle Shanahan, if that's the direction he goes, is – he wants a guy that's a quick processor, a quick decision maker, that's accurate, that throws from the pocket. That's what he is. And that's what you have to accept that's what he is. He is not a guy that's going to throw off platform. He's not a guy that's going to be a rollout guy. If they want to do that, then they're going to take Trey, uh, 
Trey Lance. I don't believe Justin Fields is even in the mix there. Um, so, you know, it's about what they want. Here's the little dirty little secret. I was on San Francisco radio yesterday and was like opened some eyes. I didn't realize it was that big of a news item, but apparently it is. That, you know, they like Jimmy Garoppolo, but he doesn't process information that quickly or as quickly as he'd like. Mac Jones, just so people know, what's the attraction to him? Okay, and this is where fans and media don't understand. They just watch and they don't get it. Mac Jones, in terms of football acumen on the board, is the equal of what Peyton Manning did. Of what anybody he is just he was called a savant su- in a, absolutely yeah. in a conversation goes, they said he's a football savant goes into the senior bowl and probably as good as anybody in 25 years has just taken an offense that's installed that's put in new stuff sees it learns it gravitates it teaches everybody you know so he has that that's why you take him now does that mean it's going to work May or may not depends. You right. got to have a grit. You got to build a good offensive line. Well, of course, if you want a guy that's going to be again, roll out, throw it, and make plays. That's what most fans want. That's what they understand. Most fans can at least see athleticism. Most well, fans don't understand. You know the, the Patrick Mahomes, and and that's so much of <clears throat> yeah anything. So much of oh, you have success doing it a certain way. Let's copy that. And so you see Patrick Mahomes, who also. Here's here's the part of Patrick Mahomes that, that doesn't uh, get enough attention is that Patrick Mahomes is kind of a football savant too. He's very very bright. He really gets it. But then he has this freakish athletic ability and this incredible arm and to be able to whip balls from different angles and, and all of that stuff. So people naturally see that and go, "I want one of those." Well, they, yeah, it's cool, but yeah. they, there 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 aren't a lot of those guys out there. But the Jones thing is interesting. For me, and I'm, I'm not I'm not cutting you off, but I'm trying to kind of incorporate a couple of other things that grind and I want to get to as well. And that is, and again, I, I defer to you, but if Jones goes three, the next big story in the draft on Thursday night, and I know we're going to get into the, 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 on Friday, we'll break down what happened in the first round and we'll mm-hmm. jump in. Hey, here's what's coming tonight. Here's where there's value in the rest of this draft. But the draft, once Jones goes third, and I think he will, and I think based on what you're saying, you think he will too. Once Jones goes third, the next big storyline in the draft is, okay, Trey Lance is available. Justin Fields is available. Mm-hmm. You know there are teams that need or want quarterbacks. New England comes to mind. Denver comes to mind. The Chicago Bears come to mind. The question becomes, which of those teams, if any, go, hey, Lance is my guy. Fields is my guy. We're going to go get them right now, and they're going to try to trade up in the draft. So to me, starting at number four with Atlanta, with the team that has some options, could trade down a little bit if it chose to. That's where the draft kind of starts to get pretty fascinating and where the draft gets won or lost. You know, does Miami at number six, are they so in love with uh, Jamar Chase, for example, or Kyle Pitts, for example, that if they go, nope, we're not trading down, we're going to stay here. Does Detroit stick at number seven, or does Detroit say, you know what, we got some people that are interested here. We're going to trade down. But if you're Detroit, do you trade inside your own division to, say, the Bears who want to trade up to get Lance or Fields? And then, you know, you've got some teams 
Denver's got a choice to make at number nine. Do they do they draft a quarterback? Do they want Justin Fields so bad? Do they think Justin Fields is that big of an upgrade over um, the, the the kid from Missouri, uh, Lock? Drew Lock. Do they do they do they make a move there, or do they fill a need on their roster, whether it's Sertain or Parsons or or an offensive lineman at Slater? And then you get, you know, you start getting into the Giants at 11. Do they trade down just a little bit, or are they in love with a, a Waddle or a Horn or a Devontae Smith? The, the Bears, the Packers, not the Packers, the Bears, the Patriots, the Broncos, those are really interesting teams in the first round once you get past Jones off the board at number three to San Francisco. There's no question. Uh, I think if you you look, I know New England's made a bunch of calls. Um you know, to again, to survey and again, to do what you have to do in the, you know, in, in preparing for the draft. But they definitely, I think, you know, if one of these quarterbacks slip, they may they may want to get in. Now, where do they have to go? Uh, that's interesting. How far do they need to go? And you just mentioned it. Uh, not hearing a whole lot from Detroit about you know this or that and in trade movements, but I would imagine that's an important. Um, thing to look for in that Carolina, I think, has been active. So if if I'm Detroit, I want to make sure that my phone's ringing at least. I don't have to accept what I'm offered, but I want I want an offer there. Um, so I think that, that Detroit's interesting, you know, with what they do or don't do. And then I think Carolina is really interesting because I do think, you know, there's a lot of talk about quarterback, but because I think that they're, they're really trying to drum up trade trade uh, offer there now Denver to me is interesting um George Payton's running it John Elway's not involved I mean John Elway's the president that just handles you know he's not running football operations anymore um and I do think that quarterbacks in play but but I don't know that here's the bottom line is um that's a pretty good team that needs a quarterback but they've Drew Locke won't be what they ultimately want or need. But um, I think they feel like it's still pretty young. I mean, it's a little bit different than some of the other quarterbacks because there's better supporting cast in Denver. But I think they would like to give Drew Locke a little bit more time in development. But, you know, the issue, too, is you're probably looking at two quarterbacks with with uh, better ability than, than both those guys so I, mean, I think it's a, I mean, Lance and, and Fields at that point yeah both of those guys you know are better than um than Drew Locke and by the way Mac Jones you know all three of those guys are better than than Drew Locke so uh, Drew Locke will take time and we'll see and I think Drew Locke's in a better situation to have success with the talent around him because that's a pretty good team but yeah no I think it's going to be real interesting to see where the quarterbacks go so let's let's talk about the two teams I just mentioned New England and uh, Chicago two teams that I think it's pretty obvious the Bears want to do something at quarterback. They've got Andy yes. right now. I think it's obvious New England would like to do something at quarterback. Uh, Cam Newton was fine last year, but he's not the future in New England. Do you anticipate either of those teams liking Lance or Fields enough? And again, in this scenario, Mac Jones is off the board at three. Do you mm-hmm. foresee either one of those teams liking one of these two guys enough to make a bold move? Yes. Um it's gonna have. To, it's gonna be costly. Uh, Carolina, for example. And, and and here's the other thing about doing a deal. Um, if you look at the price tag, 
everybody kind of looks at more recent deals, kind of like contracts. Okay. Well, Niners paid an awful lot. So the, the price, I mean, I, I, I think Carolina would move out of it, for example. Okay. But it's going to cost an awful lot. Like what? So, would it, what well, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I think the price is going to be a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they're going to probably want a number one next year, and and, and probably going to want the two next two this year. I mean, and 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 a little bit more. I, you know, that's an awful lot. And and so, yeah, I think there'll be interest. But if you're New England, it really. Where do you have Lance? Where do you have Fields? Great. Do do you like them both? Do you feel good about them both? Do you want to leverage that and say, well, all right, we don't have to move all the way up to eight. Maybe, you know, it won't be as costly. I think here's the thing. I think if you like one of them, you have to go up and get them. You have to do what San Francisco did. Regardless whether you like what they're going to do with the pick or not, they went up and got their guy, you know, I mean, or, you know, that's what they're going to do. And it's going to work or it's not going to work. It's just the reality of it. But you, you, it's bold, you did, right? It's it's a bold move. They said, yeah, I mean, very clearly. Kyle Shanahan and the people in San Francisco said, and you tell me if I'm wrong. They said, look, we don't really give a damn what the rest of the world thinks. We don't Correct. care what the media thinks. We don't care what the other 31 teams think. We think Mac Jones is our guy. So we're either going to be wrong, and you all get to make fun of us, or we're going to be right. And when he's holding up a trophy, we're going to be holding up a middle finger at the rest of you going, hey, who's talking now? So there's a certain degree of boldness to that because once you make the draft pick, he's your pick. Hey, the rest of it doesn't really matter. So here's where it, but this is where it gets interesting to me, and I want your – because you analyze these guys to the point where you probably are dreaming about them at night. In your opinion, and in this again, in this scenario, Lawrence – Wilson and Jones are off the board. Whether you agree with those picks or disagree with those picks, not you, Chris, but just anybody, is immaterial to what I'm about to ask, okay? It's just completely – it's a non-factor because they're no longer involved. In your opinion, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, are either or both of those guys worth the price that you would pay to go up and get them? Yeah. Yeah, I think both – they have to be developed. Both of them, like any quarterback, both of them are are quality starters to potential superstars. I mean, we're talking guys that have ability to be elite level quarterbacks. Okay. You know, um, better than Dak Prescott, approaching Deshaun Watson, Josh Allen. Yeah, they have that. Okay, whether they achieve that is a, is a different question and a different story. Of okay. Sure. Where do they go and who develops? And again, and no, no cheap shot at anybody. But as I said before, you know, I can pretty much, in comfortable and based upon history, tell you whoever San Francisco takes is going that quarterback's going to have a better career than the Jets. Because I mean, unless the Jets figure out how to build a team around a quarterback, quarterback won't develop. It's it's just like great ingredients that spoil on the kitchen counter, you know. So. That is the untold story, and and uh, and again, I oh, sure everyone looks at it. No one was sitting here, and you talk about everybody wants Patrick Mahomes. Nobody was saying, boy, that Patrick Mahomes, but go up and get that guy. That guy's – you know what I mean? It's like now they love him, but no, nobody in the world of fandom is – Chiefs did move it, up and go get him. Yes, but the, no, I'm talking about the fans. No, oh, no yeah. one was sitting there saying, oh, yeah, this is the guy. Sure. So my point is I, I – do find it comical that everybody says, "Oh, this is this is going to be a catastrophe." Oh, this is great. This is good. It's like, 
you don't even know these plays. You know, what I mean, you you just it's it's a it, it's and you turn around and what you thought is you know oh I got revisionist history. It's kind of like, well, everybody you know, of course Peyton Manning is better than Ryan Leaf. I, I mean, I'm gonna tell you, everybody was saying if his name was. Peyton Marshall and not Peyton Manning, he wouldn't be drafted. He's not this or that. Ryan Leaf is a whole lot. I mean, that's what everybody was saying. Now, nobody says that now because, you know, a victory is uh, as many fathers and a loss is, is an orphan, you know. It's, it is. It's not a crapshoot. It's it's about under but, – but I see how people see it's a crapshoot and that you have to have a vision. You have to have patience. You have to have development. And it's, to me, a lot of guys have – the ability to become really good, even great, but you know, some of it's on them, some of it's on the team, sure. some of it's on the organization. Uh, a lot of those things are really, really important, and that's why, you know, there, there are certain guys have better careers than others. It's the circumstances around them. All right, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of, I'm getting to something here because we're we're we still got plenty of time, but I, I want to yeah. get thoughts on the draft because I don't know if you can tell. I'm one of the people that <laughs> the NFL knows what it's doing because I love the first. Oh, everybody like, does. It's, because it's, it's like it's the fascinating. drama. And is anyone going to make a move? And where's the move coming? And I like, you know, you're going to be doing this live show. So I'm going to get to this in a second. But first, Grind has a question. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask that you be quick with this because I want to get yes. to some things. Yes. I like Lance, too. I've watched a lot of Trey Lance, just some video. And I, I wouldn't say film because I'm not watching film. I'm watching highlights. God, he's a good-looking athlete, man. I mean, I, I know he hadn't played a whole lot of football, and that's a big question mark, and he played at a small level at North Dakota State. But goodness gracious, Chris, he looks like an NFL quarterback. He does. He's got everything you look for physically. He's got size. He's got arm strength. He's got mobility. He's got unusual pocket presence. Okay. He's got great vision. Um, he's got a great understanding of the game. He's got great leadership skills. Um, I don't think, you know, for example, I don't think he's as accurate throwing on the move. I think he's more pocket guy than people think. Okay. Um, he reminds me a lot of Ryan Tannehill coming out of A&M. Ryan Tannehill played receiver, and he didn't play much quarterback. This guy is one of those typical guys, a three-star kid, you know, was – you know, great baseball player, you know, great athlete. The only thing he doesn't have is he doesn't have, you know, people don't know about him as much as at North Dakota State. North Dakota State's a well-known program, but, you know, they don't not like they don't watch him as much. So he's a little bit of a late bloomer there. He's he didn't play but one game this year. He hasn't played a lot of football. Right. Uh you don't you don't you don't get excited about somebody who's had 25 starts at quarterback in his life. Yeah. So you know, the, the bottom line is the guy has a ton of ability. He could be, you know, probably throws it. You know, people compared him a lot to some people compared him to Steve McNair, and I've told people, like, he's he's got better ability to see and throw the football than Steve McNair did. Steve had just, you know, could throw deep and all that, but right. this guy has more accurate and more pocket awareness. Um, this guy could be in time Josh Allen what what the what the Bills got in Josh Allen and Josh is one of the I think you know you're talking about the best young quarterbacks in the league you got Mahomes agreed. you got Josh and you got Justin Herbert agreed but he's not there yet 
he's got a ways to go. He's got a further way to go than the others. So you ask me if he's worth it. Well, if you think he's going to come in, you're going to plug him in, and he's going to do all that and be all that for the next – Josh Allen took three years. This guy will take at least that. You know, can you – Okay, what about work, what about Fields? Because Fields, Field, Fields is this guy that in the, in the draft mm-hmm. process we've seen – Here's this guy who started out at Georgia. He didn't win the job. He left. He goes to Ohio State. He played really, really well at Ohio State. He had a great career there. People up there love him. Yet this NFL whisper comes out that you don't know whether this is because people mean it or because people are trying to kind of maneuver the draft or some combination thereof that maybe his work ethic isn't exactly what you want it to be. Maybe he doesn't. He's not the first in the gym and the last to leave and all that stuff. When you watch Fields, what do you see there? Uh, he is a good worker. He's a hard worker. Um, he runs that offense. Well, again, man, that a ton of football that he's played more than Lance though, but he's sure. you know, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know, thank God he played as a freshman. Cause you know, there again, he's, he's not, hadn't played a lot. I think that Justin Fields is more athletic than Lance. And I think he makes better accurate throws outside the pocket than Lance. Um, I think he's tough. I think he's an alpha dog leader. I think in terms of being able to, uh, because they're not asking him to do it, I, I think he's a little bit raw in being able, you know, he works a lot of high little reads in that offense, and, and I think there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. But this guy, to me, is a better version of Dak Prescott. And, you know, the upside is Deshaun Watson. So that's the floor to me. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson. Um, You know, it's pretty doggone good to me. That's the floor. That's the floor. Dak Prescott. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, to me, I think he's, he's going to, now, you know, if, if you got Dak and Dallas with a run game really good, when they're not as good around them, you see flaws with Dak. Uh, You're going to see the same thing with him. This, this guy to me, if you ask me if I was going to start a team and, and I had to choose between the two and I had time to develop, I'd rather have this guy over Dak Prescott. Okay, so um, that leads me into my question, Chris. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. This is me being my radio guy, and I'm, I'm, I'm also wanting I'm, – I'm, you're going to be doing this live show on uh, Thursday night. People can watch it at Landry Football on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You're going to be watching your phone. You're going to be checking text. You're going to be working on things. And again, in this scenario, one, two, and three are done. Okay, Lawrence, Wilson, Jones, done. Whether anybody agrees with that, it doesn't matter for him. Let's talk about starting at four. We're watching teams to see who might trade up, who might be willing to trade down. Just a quick thought on each of these guys, when each of these teams pick four Atlanta in this scenario. Do you anticipate that they likely keep their pick or do you think they're a, a ripe target to trade down? Keep the pick. Okay. Cincinnati goes next. They draft the pick. They keep the pick. Okay. So now we're to Miami. We've got their quarterback. Miami's sitting there at this case. They're they're going to certainly have their choice at this point. Someone's going to be left over in in this scenario. Even if Pitts is off the board, if Sewell's off the board, they're going to have the ability to take Chase or any wide receiver that they want, for example, if you're Miami. Do they trade down or do they keep their pick? Keep the pick. Okay. Detroit at seven. Keep the pick. Detroit keeps their pick. 
Carolina at eight. Now, a lot of people think they have Patrick Sertain circled here. Do you think they, they are they a, they're, they're the prime target? First one, right? Yeah. Um, look, I mean, you got to have a, there's going to be a really good player there. I don't think you have to blow them out of the water. Like, like the ones I said will keep the pick. I'm assuming somebody really doesn't blow them out. I mean, you know, where it's like you just can't refuse it. With it's Carolina. So Walker kind of trade, right? Yeah, you know, you're just not going to – I mean, you're not going to give, our, you know, three first-round picks and three second-round picks to – I mean, sure. if you do, then that, that changes the deal there. Sure. Uh, I don't think you have to do that with Carolina. I think they would move. Um, now, I think they prefer not to move down to 15, but, you know, I think they would move. Um, I, I do. Um I will say this. I think there's going to, because of what I said and the cost of moving up, I think people may be disappointed in the lack of traits because I think it's going to be a little bit tougher to do a deal than people might think. Still possible. Um, Philly's also a team that likes to move, so. They're sitting at it, it's, let's let's throw them in the mix in that top fifteen that that may want to move one way or the other you know how realistically how far because in this scenario where you have all three of those teams and please correct me if I'm wrong you don't see either Atlanta Cincinnati or Miami taking one of the two quarterbacks I wouldn't rule out Atlanta really. I wouldn't one hundred percent rule it out. Well, then let's I, back uh, up and talk about this. But, but I, well, because I, I, here's the thing: <laughs> there's some things. I mean, here's the thing that Lana's got to decide. Okay. Um, I I do think you can have Julio Jones if you want to trade for him. I think I think they'd make it a post June trade to ease some of the cap room. I mean, he's thirty two. They need cap room. I did my. You know, my, my NFC South on yesterday's show, Scott's I draft preview show. And I, that, that roster to me is, they, they, they got a long way to go. I mean, they, they just, they don't have as much as people think. Um, so where do they see themselves? I, I you know, it, it, it really depends upon what they think of Justin Fields or Trey Lance. And, you know, do I think they'll take them? No. I, I think they'll probably, uh, but but and here's the thing: I think that you can, you could probably trade Matt Ryan in a year. It is not completely out of the question. I mean, it's costly, but less costly next year. It is not out of the question to take a guy like a Lance, and and mainly it's not what I'm hearing. It's just it wouldn't be a complete. Um, Oh, I cannot believe they did that. If you took one of those guys, and I know the Georgia fans would, I mean, the Atlanta fans would want Justin Fields. If it's Lancer Fields or whoever they like to sit behind Matt Ryan, and obviously we know what's going on. Matt's probably being moved off in a year at some point. And then you just kind of let that play out, and you, you, you have two bites at the apple on, you know, where you go with your quarterback position. But one of the strengths of their team is Matt Ryan. And I just – it's how do they feel? Can they be competitive early on? What is the owner feeling about, 
hey, how competitive we need to be. You know, that that's, yeah, new GM, new head coach, and no, you're not in trouble for a year or so, but what are you building? What do you believe? All those things are really important. I think in it's the end. division, right? I mean, Carolina's building a good organization. The Bucks just won a Super Bowl. The, the, the Saints still have a very talented roster, even in the post-Drew Brees era. I mean, this is it's a tough division, the NFC South. It is, and you look at them, I think there's some, you know, Work to be done on the offensive line. I think they're good at receiver. Uh, they got a good quarterback. They got one defensive tackle. They got one corner. They need help at safety. They got one good linebacker. They got. They need a lot of work. Um, I think they'll stay there with Matt Ryan and take. They probably they may take Kyle Pitts and say, "Here's a big weapon." Uh, which again, kind of, if they move on from Julio, you know that is the guy that's probably most like Julio is Kyle Pitts. People see him as a tight end. He's a receiver. So, yeah, no, it's interesting. To pay, Panacea would make a ton of sense uh, to me. So I think it makes a whole lot of sense to stay there and not take a quarterback. And I think that that's what's going to happen. I don't think they're taking quarterback. So, folks, don't get out of that. Landry said that Atlanta's taking a quarterback. I do not. I just would not rule it out. You've long said you thought Cincinnati might get scared on, on offensive linemen because they've been burned in the past, yet everybody out there is starting to agree with you that Sewell is so good that he's almost, barring some sort of a catastrophic injury, he's a, a, a almost a, a simple no-bust. I mean, there's just His ceiling is so high. Yeah, I mean, he's he looks like Jason Peters. He's a lot like, for, for a lot of the fans that want to use it, he, he physically he's a lot like Laramie Tunsil, uh, probably a little bit better. Um, he's technique wise, he's raw. Doesn't matter that that's not you, 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 it's the things you can't teach it. You look for, you know, and, and, and he's got, he bends about as good as anybody, um, since Ogden. I mean, he's just really, really gifted. Um, I think he'd make a whole lot of sense there for Cincinnati. I think you want to help Joe Burrow. People always focus on the weapon, um, I think protection would be important. I, you know, I they feel a little bit better about their tackle position and maybe the depth at the tackle in this draft. So I think their guy is Chase. And, I mean, we'll see. You know, I, I certainly would applaud Chase, Pitts, or Sewell for them uh, as I would for Miami, quite frankly, as I would for Atlanta. I think those are all good picks. So here's a, a mock draft I'm looking at that has New England making a deal with Detroit. It says that the Patriots get the seventh pick in this year's draft in exchange for number 15 this year, a second-round pick this year, and a 2022 first-round pick. Is that about the right kind of price to move no, up? It's going to cost more than that. It's going to cost more than that. Okay. It's going to cost more than that. Remember, you know, always people – it's kind of like – um. People get kind of confused on the numbers because they'll throw things. And I'm not talking about you. I'm just like, so you look at the, you say, well, yeah, well, they get a first. It's two first rounders. No, they're not getting two first rounders. You're flipping. You're going up from 15 to seven. So you're not, you know, it's, it's, um, it's going to cost more than that. It's, it's, it's going to cost a one next year. Um, and, and it's, it's, you know, going to cost, um, it, it probably a two and a three this year. I mean, in, in probably a two next year, it's, it's an awful, it's kind of like, you know, like the trade Friday that was made with Kansas city. Yeah. 
I mean, you look at it and it's like, wow, okay. So Kansas City traded the 31st pick. They gave a third-round pick in 2021. They, they they gave up a fourth-round pick and a fifth-round pick in 2022. And, oh, my God. what a, And Baltimore trades Orlando Brown and the second-round pick and then the 26th-round pick. Like, oh, my God. what a, All it was, Kansas City gave up the 31st pick in this year's draft and a fourth in 2022 because – yeah, they gave up a third, but they get Kansas City second. Right. So they move up. You know, it's a, you know, it's it's a you you gotta kind of parse through those deals and realize, cut through the chase and look at the forget the where the overall numbers are. And when you're trading a pick next year, everyone says, "Well, that pick next year is going to be really high." Well, good luck with that. Sometimes you you think that team's bad; they're probably going to be picking in the top ten next year, and 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 you may be right. But you better make the deal based upon that the pick might be kind of in the middle of the round because you never know. So back to our exercise. Let's Carolina is certainly a, a, a team to watch for. You're going to be watching them in their 15 minutes. Do they make a move? We talked about Denver earlier. I think you think they ultimately use their pick they, they, and they, they take someone that's not a quarterback. Chicago, not Chicago. Dallas is at 10. They typically they, – they're not afraid to be active, but – do you anticipate them staying there? Obviously, they're not looking quarterback at number 10. No, they're not, and they're not going up to get Kyle Pitts, you know. Um, uh, that's not – I think you know, everybody thinks they'll take maybe Sertan, and, and that's a that's certainly possible. Don't be surprised if they surprise uh, – don't be surprised if they take a – a pass rusher. I mean, it, it could be like a, you know, quitty pay or something. I mean, it, 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 don't be surprised. They could do that. Uh, that's kind of along those lines. And, and I think people have kind of dismissed the, the edge rushers, but there's some people that are really, really good that I think have great value. Um, so I think that's, I think it'll be defense. I think that'll be really good value there. Um, and I think that's probably what they do a corner or a pass rusher. So you got Giants at eleven. They're they're obviously not going quarterback. They still, whether right or wrong, good or bad, they're 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 still in the Daniel Jones era. There, I yeah. guess they could they could move. They 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 could pick up an extra pick somewhere. Philadelphia's at twelve. Uh, they're not going quarterback. Chargers um, are at thirteen. They're what, not going quarterback. Yeah, it would be controversial, and I don't not saying that they are, but Philadelphia's got a. I mean, Jalen Hurts is not going to be a quality starting quarterback for them, and so I know this is not going to be popular, and it, it would, you know, but that would not be in my mind. And again, if I'm I'm looking at it maybe differently than they are, that would not be a a rule out of a quarterback there. You know, I mean, I I, I don't think they're going to do it, but if in my mind. <laughs> Because I wouldn't have taken Jalen Hurts on the second round as as a as a you know, and I I think the whole Carson Wentz situation was mishandled. But they've gone from a team that was a Super Bowl team to that they've collapsed, and then now they don't have a quarterback. And, and Jalen, and the message you send inside your roster, correct me if I'm wrong, is if you take a quarterback at twelve, is that hey, we have this team with all these yeah. in, this, in, in this imminently winnable division, and we just took a backup quarterback, which is why. I have a hard time in a straight face saying I think they're going to consider quarterback because I don't think they are there. I just I just don't like their quarterback situation. I love Jalen, 
just he's never going to be a good enough passer for them. So they're going to be quarterback shopping into the future. And so I think about but with with the Giants that don't be surprised there. <clears throat> a couple of things. Um I think there'll be a big guy there. I think that uh, this is – don't be a shock if they take a, an edge rusher here, uh, an offensive lineman here. Um, I think those are, are, are something that they'd strongly consider. they consider taking a tackle here. I think Sewell will be gone, but I think Slater could be a possibility. Um, I don't know. Could use a playmaker. I've okay. known Dave for a, a – Shouldn't they give, shouldn't they give uh, Jones – some weapons he needs some they, weapons, sh- they should and he needs protection and weapons i i in terms of value as i anticipated the best player on the board maybe one of the alabama receivers do they you know knowing dave does he worry a little bit more about the size than others jalen Watt. i think those are those are two potentials there so in this scenario we're, we're starting to talk about lance and Fields still available in the teens how far down do you realistically do you see those guys dropping? I, I'm sorry, repeat that again. I, I was checking if the, the, no, who, you're all good. Uh, who, who's who would drop the, the two quarterbacks? Yeah, the two quarterbacks are still available in the teens picks now. We're 12, 13, 14. Those guys are available. I mean, if, if I'm if I'm running the ESPN draft night coverage and this happens. Every single pick right now is, hey, who's moving up here? Somebody yes, here. I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to be the, the the content of the night. I don't think very hard. I think the guy that could drop the furthest would be Mac Jones if he doesn't go three. That that the, you're maybe wondering, could we have an Aaron Rodgers slip? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think Lance and Fields are more universally thought of by most people that see the athletic traits and some of the things. Uh, I think I, I I see there are people that really like Mac Jones, but I think there there are more people that would would be more inclined to take the other two. That's what's so fascinating about this, right? Is that San Francisco? If San Francisco does what I think they're going to do, and what much of this exercise has been built around the the, the hypothetical that Mac Jones is off the board, if San Francisco does this, they're taking a guy at three that a lot of these teams we just named would pass on. Well, yeah, and you know what? I mean, it's 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 fine. Sure. In, in the end, it's just about how does it uh, who ends up having the best career? And and I'll I'll tell you this: I I feel pretty good about saying that the Niners are, with Kyle, they have a pretty good feel for it. I I think that'll work a little bit better than people think. L- let me say this: you know, there is more similarity. I think they're a little bit different. But there's a lot of the qualities that Joe Burrow and Mac Jones have. I think Joe's a little bit more athletic, a little bit more. They're, they're, you know, and and it's funny because Joe Burrow was universally thought of great. I mean, what do people say about Mac Jones? Oh, my God, all that talent around him. What did Joe Burrow have? Joe Burrow had more talent even than Alabama in terms of pro talent. He had more around him. Look at more receivers. He had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, who was the best receiving uh, receiver rookie in the NFL last year. And he had an offense. I mean, they had all sorts of first-round talent and protection and all that. So it's kind of you know, um, I, you know, I, it, it's it's not as far-fetched as people think. But 
He's not the type of guy that's going to go. He's not the fit. If you put Mac Jones in New York with the Jets and you don't have that, no, that would be a disaster. You put him with good protection, and it's a different story. He's not overly you know, physically uh, gifted, but I think the guy's a winner. I mean, do you do you like what? I mean, what do you think of Matt Ryan? Me? Yeah, I mean, just in, you oh, and anybody out there. This guy, this, 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 this guy, this this guy in Kyle's mind is is Matt Ryan. Well, I mean, Matt Ryan was, and, and run, run an awful lot, probably yeah. with a little bit better ability to see the field than Matt Ryan, and that's saying an awful lot. Matt's pretty good, so you know we'll see. And here's the other thing too. I, I get you get this a lot. Well, Ohio State quarterbacks don't do it. Alabama quite go into the league. Who the hell you could say that about any program? I mean, who has? <laughs> think about that. I mean, who has the? It, you know, Michigan. Michigan has never has any good. Well, until Tom Brady, Tennessee. Is that a haven? Well, Peyton Manning. I mean, what? There's nobody that that really has it. I mean, um. You know, probably the program that's maybe the best would be Cal with Aaron Rodgers and Jared Goff, depending on what you think of Goff. I mean, my point is, is don't get it's it's a kind of the lazy. Well, this program never has it. That's the whole. Well, that's kind of that. Yeah, Chris, is that there aren't that many good quarterbacks. I mean, the, the, well, of course, yeah, is what on the globe you have what 12, 13 yeah, elite quarterbacks on the entire globe. So I. The whole which program does this and which program does that I always kind of. I yeah, mean, and then, you know, and like, well, you know, you look at Alabama. What has Alabama been until recent years? They've been run the football, power football. They're not built around it. A.J. McCarron did a good job, but was not physically. Well, I mean, yeah, now all of a sudden, what are they doing? They're throwing it. And, yeah, you know, Tua's not big. Tua's not. I mean, Grimes is Oklahoma quarterback. Okay, Baker's pretty good. I mean, who else you like there? I mean, you know, it just, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, but I mean, Kyler Murray. Huh? I mean, okay. Kyler Murray's <laughs> work in progress there, you know? I mean, yeah, no question about it, but there's nobody's, you know, nobody's done it. Um, look, you, maybe in five years we're saying, boy, you know, two didn't work out. He couldn't stay healthy. And, you know, Mac, they didn't do a good job protecting him. Yeah. It's, it, the fact that they went to Alabama has any nothing to do with it, you yeah. know. And and yet, you know, if you're really successful around them, you really get, you want to say, you know, want to talk about like Oregon, and Oregon's really good, you know. You know, look at <laughs> Wyoming, you know, Texas Tech. <laughs> it's like you know, maybe Texas Tech Baker was there. But I mean, it's just there. That's that's don't scout the helmet, scout the player, and don't. It's kind of like. Nebraska linemen can't play back in the day. And then you miss out on Will Shields. Hey, Nola Jack has a question. We hadn't touched on Tulane at all. These are not guys on the first round. But just mm-hmm. a quick thought. We'll talk about them on Friday some maybe too. He says, as a Tulane fan, I'm rooting for Patrick Johnson and Cam Staples to do well in the NFL. But it seems to me that against better teams, they only got pressure because of scheme. Do you think either can develop into a reliable edge rusher in the league? No, they're they're rotational backup guys that can play, but they're not frontline starters. Okay. Um, there was a question early. I think it was from Grind. Let me see if I can get back to it without 
Ryan's, Ryan's on the fire today. He's bringing it today. He says, Chris, after, uh, after watching Auburn's spring game, I worried about the Tigers' offensive philosophy. Uh-huh. Does Auburn have the capability to recruit the players needed to run a pro-style offense at a championship level? Recruiting is the key. What I see with this coaching staff with Brian and with Brian, Brian's an outstanding coach. He's, I think it's, it's different than what you've had before. I think this team will be well-prepared. I think they'll teach the running game well. I think they'll teach protections a lot better. I thought that Auburn, of the major college programs in the country, did the worst job of recruiting and developing offensive linemen of any major college program in quite some time. Embarrassingly bad. Uh, they will be fundamentally sound, be really good. It, it, the issue and the question that I can't answer yet is, can they recruit at an elite level? Look, let's just cut to the chase. If they don't recruit in a top five level, they're not, you know, I mean, they're going to underachieve. Yeah, you know, Gus lived off a couple of wins over Alabama, and that's great. I know how important that is. But the inconsistencies of the records, I think you'll get more consistency. But I got to tell you, this is going to be a transition, and it's going to be two years you're going to struggle. And and let me just tell you right now, Auburn, you know, I, I, I think is Grind an Auburn fan? Do you know him? I, yes. I, I, okay. You're, you're, you he know, loves, you know. He loves ULM. He loves ULM. He doesn't know how much he loves ULM. But he, he does. He does. Grind, is that true or is that just Neil? I see Neil with the, with the you know, we call it the bleep grin. Two years, <laughs> my Grind, think about this. Alabama's in really good shape. AM now has more stability in the program. Yeah, for sure. LSU has got more talent and recruits better. Um, you know, we'll see kind of where that goes. That's fine. But yeah. Huh? LSU. You are you are really you've he's got he's got a ways to go now, I'm gonna tell you. And I, I think um <laughs> equals same difference. There you go. I love it. Look, I mean, I, I love the program. I, I think it's – it's, but I they're going to have to have something, and Neil always says this, but I, I'm, I'm speaking reality, and Neil speaks fan reality, is, look, I know there's no patience. You, you better have some because they're going to have to build that thing from a foundation. And the answer whether Brian can do it is in recruiting. I think he'll match up well with people in terms of building something, in terms of putting a good fundamental team together on the field. I don't know that he's going to recruit at the level that A&M or LSU or Alabama is. And if he doesn't, they'll finish fourth. It's just like for our Florida fans, and I love them. They're good. They beat Georgia last year. But if, if, if we're going to talk four out of every five years, if Georgia and Florida stay the same, Georgia's the team because Georgia has more talent. When Florida can get closer to Georgia in terms of overall talent, Florida's got a lot of talent. They're not where Georgia is, so they don't need to be as exactors. That's why Alabama is so good because they're so well coached, but they're so very talented and they get a lot out of them. So, look, I, you could look at some parallels with Auburn's got some hurdles to jump because they've now got two programs that they are looking up at, and, and and maybe three with LSU in terms of recruiting. Um, I, I'll say this right now. This year, 
Ole Miss has got a better looking team going in this year than Auburn. That's just that's now. Does that mean who's going to win? Now I'm not predicting who's going to win a given game. I don't know. You know when they play, how they play, who's healthy. Auburn's got some work to do, and it comes in recruiting, and and that's the answer to that. You heard it right here, Chris Landry says take Ole Miss plus three and a half at Auburn. There you go. We do it. That's it. That's it. I want to tell you real quick. We're brought to you by Alpha Alpha Specialties, located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. It's your trailer specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. Premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, which is the premium brand trailer. It's the highest quality utility equipment dump and gooseneck trailer being built today. They've got Load Trail trailers. Uh, They've got the uh, Hallmark Cargo Trailers, one of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to markets, hauling race cars, and more. They've got a full selection of trailer parts and accessories. They've got a uh, trailer service and inspection at their full service shop. Mentioned uh, that you heard about Alpha on this podcast, on any of the MPW Digital Network podcasts, you get 10% off that yearly trailer service. It's alphaofms.com, 601-932-9798. We're also brought to you by Blue Sky. They believe in being fast, fresh, and friendly. Uh, from services to products, they plan to keep things fresh, always provide the freshest flavors of the brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. So please check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. Chris, I'm surprised that we're even doing the show today. I figured that you would be in line at the uh, PMAC right now getting your women's <laughs> basketball season tickets. No, I'm not there. Um, there's Everybody else was uh, excited. I, You know, it, it's... It's great. Kim is a Kim Mulkey is a South Louisiana girl that went to Louisiana Tech. Louisiana Tech. I, I was about to say you probably passed it. She's from Tickfall, which is kind of in that Hammond area, about forty five minutes from Baton Rouge where she grew up and a lot of ties here. And um look I you know help me with this, those of you out there, please, you know, because you guys know me, I'm a I'm a football guy. And 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 I I I don't consider myself a snob. I I mean I'm the I'm the guy that you know would be the snob e you know you know what I mean? I'm that I'm not. Um, and, and and I I get it. And I I you know when I first got into coaching, you know it was about what ten fifteen years after the Title IX effect, and I was told, boy, this is this is going to change things and all that. Um, and, and we make a lot of money in athletics. Okay. But I worked in college athletics, and um, I'm going to exaggerate and be a smartass to some degree, okay? So don't take it literally. But I spent a little time with a guy named Bob Broadhead at LSU, who basically, back before you're making a ton of money, he put LSU in the red big time. He bought, you know, track titles and all that. And I'm going to admit, college baseball wasn't a thing. It is a thing now in the SEC. Now, Neil, I don't know. You can tell me. I would be curious to see, and I, I have something from about a year ago, and I, I, I haven't looked at it. I'm curious to see how much money each SEC program makes on baseball, if there's a breakdown. I'm curious with that. So I don't know. I guess I'm a capitalist at heart. and I, I My thing is, if you – Football is supporting all of this. Uh, at some point, 
do we have to look at your baseball? You have to build, put asses in the seat. So if Kim can fill the stadium in the Piedmont, put 10,000 or whatever, it's great. Um, I don't know what she's making. I haven't had time or really the interest to figure it out. She was making $2 million at Baylor. I'm going to make an assumption that she didn't take a yeah, pay cut. Making so I, okay, so my question is this. Let's say she wins a national championship for 10 years in a row at LSU. What does it mean? What does it do? Well, there's there's two things, right? One, I always go back to this. I was covering Auburn at the time. I was a beat writer. I was in Mobile, and we did one of those massive budget stories. And I give, I always am thankful because the people at Auburn could have been like, look, man, we're not giving you Jack. You're going to have to go FOI, all this, file a bunch of FOIAs, and we're going to make it difficult for you. Instead, they sat down with me and pulled out spreadsheets and showed me everything. And I'll never forget one of the quotes was, look, if this were a business, if this were a corporation, we'd play football, we'd play men's basketball, and we'd fold every other thing. Everything. And that was 20 years ago. I think if you were to ask, if I were to do the same story today, a lot of SEC schools, they would tell me, hey, we'd play football, we'd play men's basketball, we'd play baseball. We'd be careful with baseball. We wouldn't overinvest, but you can make some money in baseball. It, 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 about half the programs in the league are in the black in baseball, at least pay for themselves, which is fine. Everything else is a money loss. Um, you can make, you can, you can, you can do okay in women's basketball, and I think you can get a ton of PR in women's basketball. I think you can get a ton of PR in softball. It's a sport that gets very good TV ratings. People, it's fast, it moves quickly, it's got energy. Uh, it's e- easy to cover from a television standpoint. You only need a couple of cameras. Um, you know, it, it's it's fast. It comes at a time of the year where you know you're not you're not showing football in May and June because there's no football in May and June. But look, I mean, it, is it is it worth asking? Sure, it is. It's, I mean, the question you ask is more than fair. I mean, is it is it worth a university to pay a women's basketball coach two and a half million dollars a year? And the answer is, from a capital standpoint, no. Now, from a PR standpoint, from a, a television standpoint, when you're in the SEC and all your women's games are on television, and can you draw crowds? And listen, Kim, I've known, I've known Kim not personally, but I've known of Kim since she was a college player. She is a a dynamo. She is a ball of fire. She fits LSU like hand. Oh, in, perfect! Hand it, in, it, every bit like Ed does. In fact, better because she's a better coach at which she does. She's better she than is, Ed. She's she's a well, and then only that, Chris. You saw it in her press conference. I guess it was yesterday or today. Oh, she's dynamic. Yeah, no, she always has been good communicator, and and so she's yeah, she's dynamic. And if you told me that she fills up the PMAC for women's basketball, I buy it. And at that point, is it worth it? Yeah, yeah no, th- then you're, you, I, I believe in putting money into the program as they make it, but if they don't make it, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if you have 4,000 people go to a game, I mean, is it justify paying a big staff and that money? I mean, it was a nice PR move at LSU that needed some PR because, you know, on the same day, there was a class action lawsuit filed by students. Yeah. It, it's just been nothing but negativity. So there's positive. And, you know, went out and got him. Well, you know, Kim wanted to – certainly coming back. Look, Kim wanted the job when they hired Nikki Fargus. They hired Nikki Fargus from UCLA. 
And, you know, she was making 700 grand. So they're going to pay quite a bit more. And I, I know Nikki didn't do a darn thing. Um, <laughs> you know, but again, and you want to be maybe not embarrassing, but I just don't know how much good it does. So well, well, I, I just, there is a lot of excitement. I, I, I think that says an awful lot when you're like overly excited about baseball and certainly overexcited about women's basketball. I don't know. I know it's the time of year, you know, at least baseball, at least has got the, the calendar to itself. You know, I don't know. I, I, I just think that uh, it's great. They've had some success. Um, uh, you know, I, I think there've been some, some, uh, you know, some successes and some, you know, final four runs and all in basketball, but yeah, we'll see. And, and look, she may win multiple national titles. I just, again, if she does, I don't know what that does for you. Um, and if it makes money, well, great. I just you know, don't know that you're going to make, get your money back. At LSU, you brought up a good point. I know we're out of time. At LSU, you bring up a good point that it comes on the same day as a class action lawsuit where you're getting some really bad pub as it pertains to Title IX type of issues, really bad pub. To hire Kim Mulkey, who's going to win. She wins everywhere she's ever been. She's going to win there, too. Is It's probably the, the, the PR from yesterday for them is probably worth something. All right, Chris, I know you're All right, Will, Will, Will Wade makes 2-5. Yeah. I, I want. I wonder what Kim's gonna make. That's for another show, another time. My guess, to see. Be, my guess would be right about the same thing. And I, 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 my guess is that LSU. This is my opinion here. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm wrong about a lot. My opinion is LSU is letting this thing with Will Wade play out in a way. Sure, it is. Sure, they are. That they won't have to pay him severance. Correct. Well, they've actually correct. They've actually made him redo his deal to reflect that. Yeah. So, yeah, no, but I think that's that's real interesting. They could be making the same thing. I don't know how many I don't know how many uh places that would say the same. Hey, um appreciate everybody joining us. Join me again on most of these um channels as they say this afternoon. I'll be breaking down the NFC West, the last of the eight divisions going into the draft. Uh we've got um I'm going to have a show again tomorrow. Uh, at the same time, that'd be 4 p.m. Eastern time today and tomorrow. And then uh, tomorrow morning, I'll have another edition of Scout's Eye with a lot of draft stuff. And then, of course, the draft show half an hour before the draft starts on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll be taking you through pick by pick all the gory details, all the behind the scenes. So, Neil, it's been a pleasure as always. Chris, look forward to Friday morning. We'll see who won, who lost, and we'll talk about what to look for in the second. Was it second and third round on Friday? Yes, second and third and four through seven on Saturday. We'll look forward to that on Friday morning. Until then, everybody stay safe out there. We'll see you on Friday morning for another edition of SEC Football and Beyond. Take care.